Hello out there, Rochelle here with another episode of Unabashed You, where we as women get to talk about stuff. A shout out to the men listening, we are grateful for your encouragement. Unabashed You is women talking about stuff. It's a place where we can be uniquely ourselves without apology. We want to be wise, to know our worth, and to enjoy whimsy. Heather is an intellectual woman, amongst other things, who shares what she has learned about finding your people and why it is so important. Doing life with people that you are close to, trust, are safe with to be yourself and love you unconditionally, and you feel the same about them. An essential part of life, especially if you want the richness life has to offer. Heather has gone out and done great things in the world. She's had impact for the theater-loving youth, and she has made it her mission to pour into them, not only as performers, but as people. She is a pure encourager. I've seen her in action, and it is something to marvel at. She also has a heart for the other. Heather is not afraid to use her voice to speak up and speak out about what is wrong on behalf of those who don't seem to have the same opportunities to do so. Welcome, Heather. Thank you. What a lovely introduction that was. <laughs> Are you glowing? Oh my gosh, you almost made me cry. <laughs> love it. Oh, I'm so glad. Love what it. a nice way to start. Just affirmation, oh. you know, hearing some good things about yourself, especially the way others see you, you know. It's yeah. very hard to see yourself, but this is one yeah. of the challenges. But one of the things I love about doing this is that I get to kind of put together what I see. And so yeah. it's so fun to speak that into the person as I'm introducing them. All right, Heather, let's get to know you. What would you, All like, right. what would you like our listeners to know about you by means of an introduction? Well, it's funny because essentially you already said it. it. You know, I, I'm a theater artist. Um, I love teaching. I love teaching students um, and adults about theater, about how we use theater to make a change in the world. I uh, have an incredible family who is really, really supportive, who I just love fiercely. Mm-hmm. And I believe that we all should use our passions, our talents, our gifts to change the world Mm -hmm. in some small or large way. Mm -hmm. Um, And yeah, that's, I think, it's so funny that that's how you describe me because I mean, that is what I believe. I, yeah. You know? Yeah, that resonates <laughs> with you because it's it's true and it feels true. Yeah. Given that introduction, what three words would you use to describe yourself? I think this is a really lovely assignment that you have <laughs> given for your uh, speakers and was really... Um, fun and, and hard to come up with, but I, I landed on strong, mm. grounded, mm. 
and intentional. Oh, gosh. <laughs> That's like the triple play right there. I love, I'm, I'm not good at the sports analogy, so just disregard that people who don't know about sports or people who do know about sports, probably more importantly. Okay, I love that. I love that because you, you choose three words and they're very telling because it, it, it's such a, you can't just go on and on and on and on and on. You have to pick three. And the, the right. three that kind of, that you feel the most strongly about in the way you think you're being presented to the world and what you, what, what you want to present to the world. So thank you for that. I love right. those. Those are all so great. I love, well, and I think they would have changed. You know, they changed. Of course, daily. tomorrow it might yeah. be something else. And but, that's yeah. that's what's so great about all these sort of get to know you questions, and that I could ask you in an hour, and you might have a different answer. So it's it's right. it's fluid. It's fluid. It's ever kind of ebbing and flowing and changing. All right, tell me a loved Christmas movie since it's that time of year. All right, so. I, I, I'm going to preface this by saying I, I have a, I have a, I love this movie and I also find it problematic on a lot of levels. <laughs> oh gosh, I can't wait. So my poor children, my poor children, we can't watch this without me being like, let's pause and discuss. Uh, and that is <laughs> <White> Christmas. <laughs> um, yeah, so White Christmas, it's, Oh, I, I love it as, as this historical piece. I love the old music, the old dancing, all of this. Um, it has this incredibly problematic song, the minstrel show song, um, which we were just watching it the other week. And I paused and gave a whole lecture about uh, the problem of blackface and, um, you know, and it's not a diverse cast and uh, God bless the lead dancer. She's very, very thin. Um, and uh, I will say that I had a proud moment when my youngest said to me, well, this was obviously for, or filmed before Misty Copeland was a dancer because now we know ballerinas are supposed to be strong. Yes. It's like, yeah. And not, and maybe she was perfectly healthy and all that, but, you know, raising daughters, looking at this idealized, very, very, very thin. Oh, she's supposed to have like weight. a 13, 14 inch waist. I, I mean, mean, it's insane. Right. So I, I caveat White Christmas with all these. Let's be mindful of how we're looking at it in today's lens, right, you know. Right. But it's the show that we, it's the one that we watch every year. To me, it, it's cozy and it's all these things. And yet I'm still sort of triggered a little bit each time. But lends itself to really good conversation. I well, suppose. I think I think that's great because I think when if you don't say anything, that's a bigger problem than if you. Right. I remember taking the kids to see movies, and on the way home, I'd be like, "Okay, what do you think was wrong with that movie?" And not not yeah. on not on a plot level, but like a moral level. Like let's let's be clear with our moral compass here. Which direction we're headed? Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> teaching moments. Are we teachers never. 
Never want to miss those. (laughs) Exactly. Rochelle, you understand. I do. I do. Okay. Now a book that rocked your world. Maybe this was recent. Maybe it was in the past. Um, so the book, The Alchemist by Paulo Coelho, Mm -hmm. um, I received it for a high school graduation gift from one of my brothers. So that was, you know, a while ago, uh, but it's a book that I continue to come back to at different points in my life. Mm. Um, it's a story of a young boy who goes on a journey and encounters a lot of different people and, you know, learns about himself in the process. So it really was the perfect graduation gift. Um, and I read it. I, yeah, I've, I've come back to it at really different moments. Um, and I, I haven't read it in the last few years. So I wonder now as my kids are getting older, what I might see from it that's different, you know? Um, but I think that's the book that I would say rocked me in some ways. Right. And so you've read yeah. it multiple times, it sounds like then. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, and I've read a number of his other books. Um, he's a, I believe, oh gosh, I believe he's Brazilian. Um, now I'm going to be embarrassed if that's not correct. That's all right. But, it's okay. Uh, it's all good. His, I just love his writing. It's always about kind of self-discovery and through um, journey. Mm-hmm. Which is oh, I love that. And that that's yeah. journey. Yeah, self-discovery through journey, right? You have to you have to get go out in some fashion mm-hmm. to discover more of yourself. You can't just, you know, sit in a chair and expect to discover much about yourself. That leads us yeah. into uh as women, so I think in self-discovery and uh, that process of the journey of it all, we, we, we get different messages about ourselves, and we start to form thoughts and opinions about our worth. And so as yeah. women, we struggle with that. I, I, I've yet yeah. to meet a woman that on some level at some time did not struggle with that. How do yeah. you counteract, you know, some of the, the lies were told and sold out there? How do you, do you keep your self-worth intact? Yeah. I was raised by really incredible parents who, um, always made me believe that I was enough Mm. and I could do anything and um, so that that was really helpful at, at my core knowing that as a kid. Um, I started struggling with worth more when I was older um, in grad school when I was looking around being like, did I get here by accident? You know, which a lot of now I know every grad student really struggles with. Um, And then when I became a mom, I, I started imagining and, and, and I have, well, you know, I have two girls. If, if, 
if someone were to say to them they weren't enough, mm. that doesn't, that's not true, right? So understanding if I can, if I know that my kids are enough, if I know my friends are enough, if I know these women around me are good enough, they are enough. Mm-hmm. That also is true of myself. Yes. And when I question or when I, because we all do, we all have those days, we all have, you know, it's that constant reminder of, but if my girls are enough and that's something I don't ever want them to question that I also have to know that about myself. Right. Absolutely. Oh, I love it. Does that make sense? Yeah, it totally makes sense. And we talk about that a lot on this show, being enough. Like you are enough right now. You are enough. You were enough yesterday and you're going to be enough tomorrow. No matter what you're going through, you're still enough. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, Love that. What's one of the wisest adages that you carry with you? You know, people say different things and certain things really stick. And then like, I feel like I've got like six or seven or eight that are just ready to go. I'm not good at the sound effects, but they're on my little right. tool belt. <laughs> I love it. I love it. <laughs> they're on my tool belt and they're in my pocket or my purse or whatever. And I'm ready to pull it out as needed. What's one of the ones that sticks that you carry with you? And again, this answer could be different in an hour or tomorrow, but right now, Right. Um, when I was probably 13, I was with my grandfather who passed maybe a year later. And we were out to dinner. I mean, like my whole family. And he looked at me and he said, Heather, don't ever hide how smart you are. Mm. And I remember kind of at the time feeling like, what, what, why are we having this conversation? You know, and because it wasn't in context from my memory, it wasn't in context. And you're saying, Um, but I honestly think it's the greatest gift he ever left me because Mm. As I got older, as I, you know, started feeling the pressure to be like, oh, you're, I don't know, like you, you want to be popular or you want to be this or you want to be the best or you want to, well, don't hide how smart you are in search of these other things that mm. you think matter. Mm. And it can be fill in the blank. Don't hide how blank you are. Don't hide. But for me, you know, when I met my husband, the story goes, I don't remember this that well, but my mom does, was I called home after we had been dating a little bit. And I said, I've met this guy. And they said, well, tell us about it. And I did. And then. I said, you know, he thinks I'm smart. <laughs> and my mom looked at my dad and said, he's the one. Oh, like just, oh, I didn't hide it. I was just like, this is who I am. And that, I'm not, I don't that sound braggy. I think we're all smart. It's just that like, he saw that in me and, and incur, and then 
Drew encouraged me to lean into that, right? Like, you are smart. You should apply for grad school. Of course. If that's what you want to do, yes, do it. You know? That is so so fantastic. Oh, I love that from the, you just telling about your, your grandpa, I got major goosebumps and what a, what a moment. I mean, he just, he felt a nudge and a, a, an urge to speak that into you. Yeah. And who knows exactly what his thought process was, but look, all these years later, you still, that is still a prized piece of wisdom that you carry with you that really helped informed so much of what came after. Yeah. Oh, I love that. Gosh. And doesn't that just show us the value of words and speaking life into people? Yeah. Yeah. Gosh, I love that. I say that a lot, but it's true because I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. (laughs) All right. (laughs) Let's take the deep dive into your topic. Who are your people and how do you find them? This was, I mean, I told you when we had our pre-talk, I can't wait. I want to do it right now. I want to talk about it right now. So tell us about that. Yeah, so I I grew up, we moved a lot. Um, my dad worked for a company that had contracts different places. And so we, we moved... I mean, a lot. I uh, have, I've moved cities 10 times. I'm, I'm not yet 40. And I know, I mean, there, we weren't a military family, so we didn't move as frequently as that, but moving was a big kind of part of my childhood. Mm -hmm. And wherever we went, we kind of collected people which sounds weird, no, I know what you <laughs> but, mean. you know, I just sent out, uh, Christmas cards and I sent, um, you know, one to the people who lived across the street from us when I was a newborn because <laughs> those parents became like secondary parents to us. Right. And then when we moved, um, where I went to most of my elementary school, I sent a Christmas card to those parents because they were, you know, again, like another set of parents, both those sets of parents who I haven't seen, you know, forever, but they were both at my wedding and they were, you know, it's just my parents were constantly finding community wherever we went, Mm. finding, you know, I didn't grow up in the same town as my grandparents. Um, I had no aunts and uncles in my towns when I was little until I was in high school. So we just are, my parents showed us that you need to just find people, find the people to make your village, right? Who, you know, and I knew, I always knew who the other like trusted adults were. I always knew who, if I couldn't get in touch with my parents, I could call these people. And then we moved in when I was in eighth grade, which was rough. It's a rough <laughs> time. Year. It's a rough time anyway. Um, and I had a brother who went off to college that same year, a brother who's in his junior year in high school, 
God bless them, because that's a rough year to move. And my sister was in sixth grade. And we moved, and that whole first year, I, I just felt like I was floundering. I felt like I couldn't, I didn't know who I was. I didn't know what I was doing. I didn't find the right people. But once I said it, it settled into high school, I started sort of figuring out, oh, this is where I belong. These are the people who I can call to, call on, all that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but I still, you know, we were there because of my parents. And then when I was getting ready to go to college, um, I remember thinking, like, I'm going somewhere. I don't have my siblings to lean on. I just need to... Who, who am I going to be? Who am I going to choose? Right. And moving to college, I met these, the, like the most incredible people. I really leaned into those friendships. I met Drew, which I feel very incredibly lucky to have done. Um, and I realized after I moved away from college, that I had started my collection. Mm. I had started my, oh, these are those. I mean, I literally today was texting with one of my closest friends from college who happened to marry Drew's closest friend from college. (laughs) Like we just had this incredible good fortune of finding people that we both enjoy and all these sorts of things. So, um, you know, and then Drew and I moved a lot. We moved, we moved from college, we moved, came down here for grad school. And, and again, it was, oh my gosh, we've been thrust into this new place again. We don't have any family here. It's just he and I, and we're in grad school. So, <laughs> like, we're busy all the time. Because <laughs> we're just trying to finish, hurry and finish. I mean, it was five years for me, six years for him. But... We knew it was temporary, right? Like it's a weird thing to live somewhere knowing I'm here for grad school and I have no idea what's next. I'm not putting down roots, but we're not going to survive this without people. Mm -hmm. Um, And I made an incredibly close friend through grad school who I'm still dear, dear friends with today. Um, and then we met this, well, we met a number of people from our church, but one couple in particular who became my, our oldest daughter's godparents. Mm. I was actually just texting with them last night. Mm. Um, and through that, you realize as you're collecting these different people from different parts of your life, I have family kind of everywhere. I have actual family everywhere. Like my family is still very spread out. Drew and I don't have any family in San Diego. But I have friends who are family everywhere. Mm -hmm. I my kids see, you know, those friends who are my oldest daughter's godparents, they live in Chicago now and my friend from college who married you know Drew's best friend from college they're my youngest daughters 
godparents and they live in Seattle and we, you know, we have other friends from college who we're really close to. And then when we moved up to Santa Cruz for a while, we have very good friends from there. And then when we came back to San Diego, a lot of our initial friends kind of scattered and we were again here knowing some people, but really needing to find Okay, now we're putting down roots. We're here for the long haul. What is our life going to look like and how are we going to do this? We're raising two girls. What does it mean to find our people here? Mm -hmm. Um, And I feel really incredibly grateful that we have found that, that, um, you know, to me... Finding my people means who are the ones who see you and know you and cheer you on and are not, they're not looking for anything from you other than just pure friendship, right? It's not right. They don't expect, right? It's the people who you call when something really hard happens and they show up at your house, open your cupboard, make you a cup of tea and sit down and say, let's talk about it. They're the ones who, when something funny happens, you just call and say, oh my gosh, call me back because the most ridiculous thing just happened to me. <laughs> yeah. And, and they're the ones who love your kids fiercely and who um, my girls know that I, that if they couldn't get in touch with me or as they get older and I'm sure going to get really angry with me, you know, <laughs> They can go. There are people here who will say, yes, come here. You can stay here for a night. You can stay here for an hour. Let's have some ice cream. Let's talk, you know. And, and my kids know that. They know these are the people. These are the ones who have your back, who, who love you, who love your parents, um, and it's pretty remarkable being now at this age and realizing, oh, I had those people. I had my parents' friends who I could call upon, and now my kids have that, you know? Um, so there, so that, that's it, but the, that's, that's what I'm really kind of constantly thinking about, um, especially during COVID. I was going to say, how are you? So so one one comment I have is that these are people that you are doing life with because Mm -hmm. they are safe. You the trust you love, they love. It's all unconditional. Okay. Yeah. One, I'm wondering how you're maintaining those 
relationships during COVID, which is a little more challenging. Maybe, maybe not. Obviously a lot less in person. And then I'm wondering what advice you would give to those people who haven't found their people yet. I'm thinking of a couple individuals and I'm wondering what your advice would be for them. Well, I think um, so uh, I was listening to a podcast and um, on it, the woman was talking about a conversation she had with um, her therapist and she said, Oh, it was a real eye-opening experience when my people, when my therapist asked me, how many close friends do you have? And I answered 30 and the therapist said, wrong, (laughs) because those are friends. Those, but, but the way that I'm using it, right? Like your people, those aren't your people, like there's your people. And I'm, and I've always been very hesitant to use like best friend because I think that puts a lot of pressure on everything. (laughs) Like, I, that's so much. Even as a kid, I was like, I don't know. Like, you know, (laughs) but, um, so during COVID, so here's what I will say is during COVID, I think, um, Hey, I've been incredibly fortunate. Our family has been healthy and safe and I am here with my husband and kids and our dog (laughs) and, um, and we're, we're actually very, very strict about quarantine. Um, and then as things kind of like opened up a little bit, we, we, um, widened our bubble like this much and then had really clear conversations with the couple people that we see. And with the expectation of if you see anyone outside of this bubble, we're going to talk about it first, you know. And then as things are kind of tightening back up again, saying, okay, we're really not going outside of this. Um, we, I have family up in Washington State, and we went and visited them over the summer. And we drove up, we isolated for two weeks before we did that because I consider my family like part of my people. I mean, my, you know, and it was important to me that we see them. Um, but I think COVID, what it has done is it, it has shown me there are a lot of friendships that I really, really miss that people that I can't wait to hang out with again, but that at this point, time in this time due to work and health and you know whatever I it's it's okay that we're saying we love I love you and I I when the world opens back up we're gonna be in it together more mm-hmm. but right now we can just text or we can FaceTime or whatever it is. Right. Um, And that doesn't mean they're any less valuable. It's just that like, this is what it is right Right. now. It's a real Um, thing. It's a real thing. It's, and it's, it's not even about prioritizing. It's just about understanding, you know, the, 
like the time that I might have available in my week, they don't. So, okay, that means we're not going to see each other or whatever it is. Um, And I think it's COVID has really clarified for me, you know, the importance of um, my kids finding their people. Um, I, I don't use that phrase when I talk to my girls because it gets a little too close to like besties or whatever for me. Mm-hmm. Um, we talk a lot about easy friendships who, because I think that's a term kids can begin to understand when they're young, who, who are your friends who it's easy to be friends with them? Oh, that's a good way to frame who, it. Who you don't worry You don't feel like you have to change. You're not, you don't get, you know, when they were little, really young, I would say, does your tummy ever hurt when you're around them? Who are your easy friends? And then deciding, okay, let's be intentional about, you know, connecting with them, whether it's over FaceTime or whatever it is, or how is their family doing quarantine? And let's figure out if that works for our family. I mean, now we're all just like hunkered back down again, which is fine. Um, but thank goodness for technology. Right. For yes. some kids can reach out to their people as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and the other thing, I think that is clarified for me, maybe during COVID, maybe just because I've been thinking about it more during COVID, is that there are times in your life where those people are your people just for that season. Mm -hmm. And it's not even because anything bad happened. It's just you, you know, maybe you were really close because your kids were into the same thing and then your kids were into different things. And then you have to say, okay, that was lovely and wonderful, but when we're all faced with a pandemic or we're all faced with what is this world going to look like when it opens back up? I kind of am trying to learn how to like release expectations of, well, I really thought that we were going to, that was going to be the, my people for a while, or they were going to be my, you know, or maybe they were your people for a little bit. And then, Right, that's true, and that's a, that's a very realistic expectation, too, to realize that sometimes there's a season for friendships. Okay, and so our, our final little point, I'd love for you to give advice to people who are looking for their people. Oh, right, I'm sorry. No, yeah. don't worry about it. That's why I'm here. <laughs> so I think it's, um, you know, we found a lot through uh, through a lot of our moves, uh, it's been through church. Um, and then it's also finding the people who are passionate about the things that you're passionate about, which does not mean, look, I lived in a house with nine theater majors in college (laughs) and I loved them all. And I moved out the minute I could. Because I was like, I cannot live with nine theater people. This is a nightmare. Um, because, because, I mean, can you imagine? Oh. Like nine theater people. 
It was so loud. There were pizza boxes everywhere because six of them were boys. And they have all grown up to be wonderful, incredibly talented and smart humans. But like, (laughs) I mean, I was dating Drew at the time who did not live in the house because he was not a theater major. And I was like, what, what have I done? Like, this is crazy. Uh, Anyways, so I'm not saying like, your people have to all be theater people or they all have to be, you know, my husband's a scientist, like they all have to be scientists. No, but what is the thing that that like matters a lot to you? So you spoke at the beginning about my passion for speaking up for the other, mm-hmm. for um, you know, I've I I want like what are kind of the not deal breakers, what are the the important pieces where I want somebody when I say, hey, I really do see this injustice in the world, they're going to say, so do I, or I want to understand your feelings on that, right? Mm -hmm. So, So it might be, what is that thing that breaks your heart that then you find a way to, once the world opens back up, involve yourself in to find other people who that might also break their heart. Right. Right. Um, so some common ground, it, right. Com- some common, some kind of common ground that overlaps or at least a desire to understand where you're coming from because they care about you and your opinion. They're invested in the relationship and it's like, Hey, I, I never thought about it that way. T- tell me what, what you're seeing that I'm missing here. And I think you're saying it does not mean you have to agree. It just means they they have enough love and respect for you to want to understand where you're coming from. Correct. And I think sometimes it's releasing other people or, or parts of your life. As the person, if you're a person who is still looking for your people, right, um, Sometimes, you know, I, uh, sometimes it's me saying, am I like giving too much to this person who doesn't reciprocate? In which case, maybe I just release that because they're not my people mm-hmm. because your people want to be with you and want to hang out with you. Right. So there's that, like releasing that to make room for this other, you know, these other potentials. And the other thing is, I think, you know, um, looking as the world opens up, I think we all should be looking for ways to um, rethink how we're doing life, right? How busy we are, what we're all those sorts of things. And I, I guess I would encourage even people who are like, oh, yeah, I've got my people. That's great. Do you want more? Right? Or do you have another person? Or, or is there the possibility of something new? Like if we can all kind of look around and say, I don't know, be open to the possibility of new relationships, new sure. friendships. Absolutely. New, um, look, I, I know I am incredibly 
fortunate in that many of my moves, all of, excuse me, all of my moves as an adult, I had Drew with me Um, because we got married right out of college. And, but, so I always did have a person who, when it was hard, I could just turn to him. Um, But I mean, as I get older, I, I think about like, who are people who I really respect and admire? I want to lean into that, you know, Mm -hmm. and who are people that I want to, you know, because I have kids, like, who are people I want my kids to look up to? Who are people, um, and then also giving ourselves a break, right? (laughs) Sometimes we just got to get, you know, get through the day, but that it's, I have found more and more, I don't know, I just, I, I was an introvert, I am an introvert, um, my nightmare includes, like, going to a party and doing small talk, that <laughs> is horrible for me, uh, but going for a walk with somebody is great, because, A, you don't have to look at them, <laughs> Right. You don't have to like stare awkwardly and be like, Oh, what do you do? Right. You're walking alongside of them and when all else fails, comment on the beauty of the world around you. Right. right. And it's yes. a walk. It's finite. So just try to walk or, um, I don't know. No, I think that's, you've uh, really, really expressed very well how you have found your people why they're important to you, the value they bring to your life. And, and it's obviously a reciprocal situation. It's not just like your, pe- your, your people are only serving you. You are also serving your people. And then you've, Absolutely. you've expressed some ways that people can go find their people. Because, you know, during COVID, if, if there are women or even or men out there that are feeling a little lonely or isolated, um, I think there's there are still ways to to connect, and I yeah. want, I want to uh, end this on an encouraging note for those people that yeah you know that it does take some effort. You can't just sit in your chair at home and expect to cultivate relationships and get a tribe of people. It's just not going to or village or your group or right. Um, however you want to term it. I don't know. Are we allowed to say village? I mean, are we allowed to say tribe? I don't know. I, I, don't, yeah. want to, I, don't, I don't want to be not, I don't want to be uh, incorrect here. Uh, the, our last guest talked about her tribe of women. And so that's why it was kind of on my brain. My apologies if that was not, um, this would be the time that it's okay to apologize because you don't want to be disrespectful to the other. So I'll leave it there. Um, there you, go. you are just a fountain of wisdom and inspiration. And I'm so grateful for this conversation. You've given us a lot to, to chew on. And I'm excited to have women and the men listening hear what you have to say and um, 
really ponder. I love that word ponder. I love to ponder. So I, you know, just being able yeah. to sort of ponder all that, I think is, yeah. it's really beautiful. So thank you, Heather. I appreciate thank your you. time. I know it takes a lot to kind of carve out this kind of time right in the middle of when everyone's at home all day, every day, pretty much. So thank yeah, you for that. That's okay. You know, I have a little sign on my door. Mom, <laughs> mom's <laughs> recording right now, please. Yes. Perfect. <laughs> perfect. Love it. Well, thank you so much. And thank you. I will look forward to talking to you very soon. Alrighty. Thanks, Rochelle. Thanks, Heather. Thanks so much. Bye-bye. Uh -huh. Bye. Have you found your people? If you have, you know how much comfort and peace they bring to your life. And you are the same for them. If you haven't found them yet, see what you can do to find some trusted people to do life with. Find them through mutual interests and things you are passionate about, like clubs, hobbies, church, organizations, etc. Your gut will tell you when you've hit the jackpot with someone. And it isn't about numbers. You're not trying to amass dozens. You need a few. You're going to need to put yourself out there a bit. It isn't likely they're going to show up at your front door. Is it harder now during COVID? You betcha. Maybe doing some research to find groups, places you can check out once the pandemic is over is a good place to start. The Anabashidi website has photos, quotes, and a blog for each episode. Each episode has its own page at unabashedyou.com. Look under episodes. In social media, you can find us on Facebook and Instagram at unabashedyou, Twitter at Rochelle Renee. Follow us on any and all of the above. There are frequent posts with great photos and inspirational quotes. I do love interaction. If you have questions or comments, the email is unabashedyou at gmail.com. We're on Apple Podcasts. They have a new feature under episode notes that will take you directly to that episode's page on our website. We invite you to subscribe, rate, and review to support us there and be more discoverable. It really does make a difference. Also, we were recently added to Amazon Music under podcasts. It's great to get these conversations out into the world. We want to listen, read, and be inspired. And now for our blessing. Some of our greatest blessings are those special people who lift us higher, who love us just as we are, and who've been there to see us through the hard times. For these people, I am very thankful. In Jesus' name, amen. Women and men listening, be sure you have your people. Be unabashed. Be you.